Hello, I'm Derek Doak, and you're listening to the Real Talk Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating and managing multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I have always had a passion for learning and teaching what I have learned to others. This podcast is for commercial property owners and those who provide professional services to owners. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights around topics and trends affecting property management, asset management, and investment management. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at DokeMail.com. Now, enjoy the show. Uh, we're at the start of the year 2024, and the topic has come up with both Jordan and I with some of our clients, especially our clients that have owned real estate for a long time, has to do around, you know, valuations, uh, also talking about, you know, succession planning. There's just a bunch that goes into this one. So I think we're going to use this one to kind of tee up the next few episodes as it relates to asset management and how families or individuals that own more than one property that are getting up there in the years or they could say long in the tooth and are looking to uh, either uh, hand the properties down with a succession plan or how do they maximize their returns? And I know we have an episode come up uh, next week that we're going to talk about, which is going to do around Delaware statutory trust, uh, which is another exit strategy. But today I really want to focus in on um, those individuals that are talking about valuations and valuation services and, and to kind of kick it off here, Jordan, um, one of the things I'm getting asked a lot is how often should I do a valuation, right? I mean, because real estate changes. I mean, you can read the paper, you can see what rates are doing, and someone's going to say, oh, this traded at a four cap, so my property's worth X. Um, the rule of thumb I've always used is I always try to help clients on an annual basis look at their asset and understand what their true return on equity is, as well as what is the current value of that, whether it's replacement value or based on cash flow. Um, and I do that primarily in conjunction with them on the first quarter of each year. So when they're doing their tax planning, they're doing their estate planning, they kind of have a good number to work with. Um, it's not the end all be all, but, uh, but that's kind of what most of my clients I talk to, I get them on the same path of doing valuations based at the same time as they're getting plans for their tax returns. Um, uh, what's your perspective on that? What do you, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Um, and what have your clients been asking for? Well, first of all, happy 2024, Derek. It's great to, to kick off the year and get our first podcast, uh, get, get the tape laid down, if you will, uh, even though it's not actual tape anymore, it's all digital. But I, <laughs> I, I, as you said at the beginning, I think this is a very, very pertinent topic for the beginning of the year. And uh, I kind of think about it based on our, our prep conversations. I kind of think about it like commercial real estate hygiene. Like the things you just need to do on a regular basis to make sure that that your commercial real estate asset, asset portfolio, whatever it might be, are in good order. And obviously with taxes looming, you know, or or any kind of tax prep in process, it's a natural time to think about that. And to to build off your comments first around valuation, I just want to make sure that I point out with all respect to our appraiser friends and the audience. An appraisal and an evaluation are really different things. And I, I like what you're saying in terms of leveraging a commercial real estate expert to understand the value of a property from the perspective of a CCIM, for example, 
your training in that and some of the folks that we have in our office gives a very specific and unique perspective to the way that a commercial real estate asset is performing. And I think about this because a, a, um, a true appraisal is a very specific and technical thing, which may not always reflect what you would see as a CCIM. And they each have their own distinct purposes. And I'm thinking of that because we have an asset that uh, we've taken to market for one of our family clients where the appraisal really bears no, no um, connection to the reality of what the property is actually worth, uh, partly because of timing and the appraisal was done in the past. And obviously we're thinking about the value right now as we take it to market. But that valuation is much, much more important when it comes to what's going on within a family, what's going on within a portfolio. How do you look at it for succession planning, which we'll return to? Um, how do you think about your tax liabilities to the degree that you can apply it there? So I just wanted to make, make that distinction um, and advocate for what you're saying. And we have clients that do the same thing, sometimes with us, sometimes with others, where they just do it every year. They get a valuation, they look at the portfolio, they use it for their internal purposes of distributions or, or some succession planning topics we'll return to later today. But I, I really like that advice. Um, something I'll kick back your direction as I turn it over is that that valuation allows for really interesting conversations around what, what's the state of the leases? When are your expirations coming up? Is this a property that's value add? Um, what, what's the state of the market in terms of potential replacement tenants? These are things that, that we are also thinking about a lot right now. Uh, we had uh, in our brokerage conversation just this morning, kind of had this feeling of optimism around how active tenants are in the market. Well, if you pair that with the valuation, you might say, gosh, this could be a good time to let that, that legacy tenant expire and try to retenant the space. Um, yeah. Last thought, and then I'll shut up, is the other thing to look at is, uh, <laughs> is, is your loans. I think the loans are a very hot topic right now because we, again, we're talking about this week, uh, some debt coverage ratios that started to come into play when they we, nobody ever thought they would, but they are now because of where rates are. And frankly, some very um, client-friendly banks starting to take a harder line because their balance sheets are probably suffering on a macro scale. And that, that's been a change of tone and change of relationships. So just a couple thoughts to, to get you going. Yeah, no, that's great. And I was going to add insurance to that because I know I'm going with one right now uh, as I'm doing the valuation. The insurance premiums have just gone through the roof because of the requirements based on the loan they have. Yeah. So they're looking at, do we move some monies around to pay off that loan just to get, I mean, we're talking 40, 50% increase in insurance on a, an apartment building and you can't pass that through. So well, we've seen hundred plus one of those situations. We've seen hundred plus, yeah, plus I mean, percent increases. Yeah. And, and, and so it's an older building. And so they're looking at it saying, okay, what insurance do we have to have to make sure it's protected? And particularly the tenants, of course, that's number one responsibility. And it's, coming into play and that wouldn't have come into play unless we're kind of going through looking at the valuation and also on the, uh, the uh, management side, when you see the, uh, the budgets come through. Um, and so you mentioned it earlier, appraisal versus valuation. I mean, we play in the trenches every day with valuations um, and it's based on what we think the client can get for that property based on the current situation. We're not going into it saying, let's sell your property. We're going right. into it. Let's maximize the cash flow and reduce your risk. 
So the first thing to do is understand the value of it. But insurance plays into that conversation um, as well. Um, the other thing about valuations, on a side note, I've got a few families to do it just so they can have a hospitable Thanksgiving. Because the conversations of some family members think the property is worth more and it would be worth more if somebody else managed it internally in the family versus the family member that is managing it. And uh, they're calling them sandbaggers and everything else. So um, it's a good diffuser to have a valuation done when you go to a family event and just say, hey, here's what the valuation says. It's not my opinion. It's their opinion. But uh, um, but all all seriousness um that valuation i think is just as important as any other document that someone does uh you know like a budget and everything else is just to really kind of get a feel for where it's at uh, but uh that leads to the life cycle you know we were gonna we talked about this a little bit earlier before we got on the call the life cycle of an asset right i mean because you you look at the life cycle of when to buy you know you, we all we've all seen that quadrants of like when to build when to buy when to sell all those types of things but it's the life cycle of that asset. Where is it? If it's a 1972 built apartment building, you know, it's gone through at least one or two modify. I'd say at least two, maybe two or three modifications to update. So you're looking at that asset. And when you do evaluation, what you'd want from whoever does your valuation is for that person to come in and also sit down with you and talk strategy about highest and best use. And that highest and best use is going to come into where is that asset in the life cycle? And have you wrung every last nickel out of it, or is there still some more juice there, right? Um, and 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 it's a billy ball, you know. If you, if you remember that 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 movie where they were uh, playing baseball, and and it was all about you know David Justice being at the plate, and he's in the batting cage warming up, and and he comes in and talk to him, and he's like, "We got a problem here, David." And he goes, "Yeah, I think we do because we're paying me a lot of money to play here." He goes, "No, no, no, no. The other team paid you more money to play against them, and you understand." All I want to do is wring the last bit of baseball out of you, and all you want to do is stay in the show. So that whole conversation is kind of about this real estate. Is we got to look at the real estate and say, are we paying just to be in the game, or are we going to wring the last amount of money out of it and maximize it? And so when you get evaluation done, that's kind of the conversations that you want to have. Yeah, I was thinking about um, a client that we're working with right now that it picks up on this kind of um, this. I'd say maybe three-pronged thing that makes Thanksgivings go well, a valuation, a budget. Now, maybe we should talk about Valentine's Day because budgets aren't done in, in November, but they're, they're <laughs> done in February. But like that Valentine's Day dinner, you got a valuation, you've got a budget, and you start having a conversation about distribution. The thing that always yeah. surprises us, uh, particularly when we take on self-managed portfolios, there's usually not a budget. And there's usually not a stabilized distribution. And our goal as property managers, and to some degree taking the cues from asset management, whether we're doing it or not, is to know what that, that portfolio or that property is worth, to know what are the expected expenses, and insurance is a huge one right now, not to, min not to mention debt service, which may be changing if your loans are coming due, uh, you know, and yeah. all the other things included in the budget, but then to talk about a stabilized distribution, because the number one thing that we find makes clients unhappy is when they don't know what their distribution is going to be. So let's, let's project that. And a good property management company should be providing that annual plan of what your distribution is going to look like, taking into account all those expenses. And then you can compare it to valuation and say, are we getting the return on this investment we should, whether it's a 1970s vintage 
apartment building, or it's a 1970s vintage strip center, or if it's a 2020 brand new asset of either type, right? We're still going to have the same conversation. Yeah. Are we getting the return we should be getting on this asset? Yeah. And, and, and that's where having an asset manager be engaged as well is writing herd on that asset, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, their job is to adhere to the budget. A property manager can only do so much. And and I think sometimes the expectations of clients that hire a property management company is that that property manager is also doing cash flow management like an asset manager would versus looking at the asset. And I think it's important for everyone to note that when you hire a manager, they're good at what they do on the property side. That's their job. Their job is to, to steward that asset and make it a great asset for the tenant so that they'll stay and be successful. But you need somebody that's going to help you strategize. If it's not you as the owner. And this goes into what you, you always talk heavy on this because I know you're, this is really close and dear to your heart in what you talk about, which is, you know, landlord versus property owner. And it's, and it's spot on. It's like, do you want to be a property owner or do you want to be a landlord? And if you're a landlord, you're going to be engaged on that asset. You are playing asset management. You are the one that has to ride herd on that to make sure things are being looked at and done. As a property owner, you're engaging people to do that for you. And I think, and I'd love to have you kind of talk a little more about that, Jordan, because I know yeah. um, you you have a lot of calls and a lot of meetings around that. Yeah, I think this this comes up a lot because I think that there's a uh, kind of like a double-edged sword. There's a danger of competence. And we have very competent clients who, in many cases, can run their properties as landlords extremely well. But that means that they're getting bids for roof replacements. That means that they're watching the schedules of HVAC maintenance, whether it's their responsibility or the tenant's responsibility. It means at a slightly higher level, they're interfacing with the leasing brokers on, on every new transaction. Perhaps they're doing the tenant renewals directly themselves. And we have so many clients who are so good at that and have done it for a long time. But the other edge of the sword is they can't have the time and luxury to step back and be an owner and in some ways to bear the fruits of their efforts and to bear the fruits of the, the privilege, as we call it, of owning commercial real estate, to think about the impact on community, to do things that have nothing to do with the property as they, you know, just as, as part of the benefit of being an owner and turning over those landlord responsibilities to a property management firm to get those bids for the roof, for the HVAC. To think about asset management, which is, as you say, looking at cash flow, making decisions about leasing, thinking about, ah, you know, are we going to are we going to do the TI ourselves? Are we going to give an allowance? How are we going to handle these deals based on where the asset is positioned and what the goals of ownership are? And so I think that's one of the, the transitions we enjoy the most is helping people get out of a landlord seat and get into an owner seat because then we can fill in a lot of those things and give them oversight and responsibility, but also discretion to do things that might be a higher and better use of their time. Um, we, we love doing that work. Yeah. And, and, and next week uh, or the next podcast we have, that's, that whole topic is all about that, right? Is, is do landlords ever retire? You know, and I think that's how we, you know, the transition of how to become a property owner versus being a landlord. And uh, that's going to be a great, uh, a great podcast. We've got a great guest coming on that one. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, and so kind of back to what we're talking about on this, this uh, asset management, property management, we've talked, we've had other podcasts around it, but it's such a hot topic. Um, and it, 
definitely needs to be repeated on a continual basis is just really making sure you understand who's on your side of the table as that landward property owner and looking out for your best interest and, and having somebody that can be in that middle um, and having that conversation with your property management company and individual property manager is like really identifying what is their responsibility. If they're just doing debits and credits and sending you checks, you know, you may want to look at what you're paying compared to what you could get with, you know, another property management company and asset management company that can help you with that. And whether it's Jordan or myself, you know, the, the groups that we work with, it doesn't matter. We just want you to be taken care of and we want to help you get there. And if we can help you, then great. Uh, but there's, you know, not every client's the right fit for everybody and not, yeah. we're not the right fit for others. Right. So, um, but these are key things to keep in mind when you're looking at your asset. It might not, it might not be the asset. Uh, I'm going to go on a tangent here uh, on a rant because I had a meeting this, this last week and it was with an individual who has a great asset, but they're really discouraged with it because they're playing landward. And so they're talking about selling it. And I talked them out of selling it because when they can pull away what's the true pain, we sit down and have a conversation. What are you trying to accomplish with this asset? And what do you not like about it? Well, what you didn't like about it, what they didn't like about it could be outsourced and they get a much better cash flow and time back. And they don't have to sell the asset and, you know, lose on taxes and everything else. So, I mean, it's, a lot of times it's not the asset. It's just the way that it's being run. Mm -hmm. And so having a conversation with people that do it every single day and can take that off your plate and can help you be successful in other parts of your life, whether it's, you know, whatever you want to do with your time, it's your time. And you're not dealing with tenants. You're not dealing with trying to understand what a lease says. You're not trying to understand, you know, what the, the, the fees are for everything going up on insurance, all those types of things. So, um, so, before you just say you're going to sell a piece of property, I would advise you to get somebody engaged that can give you evaluation and give you insights on what that asset could be if you were to hold it before you make that big decision. Because you wait, you work way too hard to get a piece of property. I know. I know how long the assets that we own. I mean, it's hard to get it. When you get it, you got to fight like hell to keep it. But you don't have to fight alone. I guess that's where I'm trying to go with that. And you could maximize the, the return on an asset through a variety of ways. One way is to get your hands dirty and do all the work yourself and not have to pay professional fees. But that that is, I think, if you look at it in the long term like we do, that's an unsustainable solution because people don't live forever. We're not going to outlive those commercial real estate assets. <laughs> I mean, they're real. That's real property. It's going to be here after we're gone. And you know, that starts to shift me to something that I, I was thinking about after a client call this week. Number one, one of our core values as a company is we stand in the shoes of the owners. And for us, that's our articulation of a client first approach to our work, which is we are the owner's representative and we need to think like the owner in terms of the best Thing that can be done based on their set of goals, the best thing that can be done for the property, whether it's property management, leasing, asset management, et cetera, they all have their own nuances. But we stand in the shoes of the owner. And I had a conversation with our, our um, couple of people internally about something we're going to roll out, which is tell us a, a story, those that work in our company, about your favorite client. And I was thinking about this call I had this week because it really was one of my favorite clients because he said to us, it was a proactive call we were making about some, some things on our brokerage side. And he said, my goal is to hire a firm 
who's looking after every aspect of my property, the management and the leasing in particular. And I want you guys to be thinking about what's going to be best for this property in the long term, because the implication was he's not going to always be here. His daughters are going to inherit this property and they're not going to be rolling their sleeves up to doing tenant relations and HVAC replacements. They're going to be set up to be property owners. So the way we stand in his shoes is to prepare the asset to be manageable and successful under him and then under his daughters. That's my favorite kind of client because he's asking us to think like the owner and to report to him and then his family about the things that are gonna be necessary for that asset to work for the long-term. Additionally, he's very community oriented. So he doesn't wanna just take any tenant and throw them in any space. He wants tenants that are gonna have generative power together. That tenant mix is really gonna elevate the property and by association, elevate the community in which that piece of property sits. I mean, this for me is like sending off fireworks in my mind because it plays to all of our strengths. And it really allows us to make the kind of difference that we want and to stand in the shoes of that owner and serve what's going to be best for him and his family. Right. And they turn around and thank you for the work that you do. Absolutely. They're, they're right. uh, I mean, that's, appreciative. That's right. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's important for clients that we work with as well is, is, and both of us work with is just that relationship we have together. Everyone, everybody's working hard towards this common goal. And that's kind of set out each year as you have your, your meetings with clients. It's what's important for the client. And then you also back that into what's important for the tenants. Because at the end of the day, if you have a bad property, you let it go, you don't do deferred maintenance, you don't, you know, you don't keep it up, you don't take care of the parking lot, all the kinds of things that go with it, that's what you're gonna attract. And, and, and so it's, it's important that when you are looking at it as an owner and whoever's looking at it and stewarding your assets is looking at it as how do we keep this property full with the right tenant mix that are thankful that they have a great place to work and we're going to provide it to them. Cause then, and it doesn't always, it's not a kumbaya moment all the time. Let's be clear. There are plenty of calls that we get and plenty of calls everybody gets that somebody's going to complain about a parking or somebody threw the garbage bag next to the trash can and didn't put it in the trash can. So you got to call that tenant and let them know, Hey, you got to put the trash in at night. I mean, we all know that, it's, you know, we all deal with it, but if you deal at, if you deal with it with a, with a, a common purpose, it's a lot easier than if you're thinking that person's really trying to get out there and take advantage of you. And, and there's those, those kinds of conversations. And I know I'm going off on a tangent to the side here, but haven't dealt with that just recently where it's like they're not intentionally trying to throw garbage over and not make the trash can. They didn't have the key to get into the lock, which they lost. So I mean, there's a story behind it. And so once they got all cleared up, it was all taken care of. But uh, anyways, my little, my little ADD moment going off to the side, you know, a uh, little, 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 uh, I saw a squirrel. Well, I don't, I actually think that squirrel is running exactly the right direction for our conversation because, you know, we started this by talking about, getting valuations to start the year to talk about what are the best practices of, you know, commercial real estate hygiene. I'm not sure I love that term, but that's what came out. And I think what you're talking about is that is actually key because it comes back to what are the goals for the property? What are the ownership's goals for the property? And that should be an annual conversation because you and I know both 
before you know it, a decade's gone by and a set of goals that were set a decade ago are no longer what a, a property owner really should be thinking about in terms of their goals a decade later. So I would say every yeah. year there should be a conversation, whether it's you know internally because it's one single owner or whether it's a family or whether it's a partnership, there should be a conversation about goals. And that should bring up the things that we're talking about, right? Highest and best use of the property, yeah. the valuation. When it comes to the budget, are you investing in the maintenance of the property now so you're going to attract the best tenants? Or are you are you intentionally making a decision to defer maintenance till later, which we would ne never recommend. But if you're going to do it, at least know you're doing it, right? Be clear about yeah. it. So set some goals and then think about who's going to execute those goals. Are Again, my favorite, are you doing roof replacements? Are you doing HVAC replacements? Or are you going to find a set of professional advisors that do those things so that you can take a holistic view of the property or of the portfolio and really think about how you execute on your ownership goals over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great recap of our conversation and a good lead into our next podcast that we're going to have, which is going to be around succession planning when it comes to nobody wants to take on the asset. What do you do then? So uh, that will be a fun podcast that we do on the next one. Um, any any parting words, Jordan, before we? Uh, no, head off? I'm excited excited for 2024, Derek. I, I think you know we've been doing this now for been at least a year, maybe it's been more. So we're gonna we're we're seeing some cycles here where we get to talk about the different things that happen in commercial real estate at different times of the year, and a little bit of deja vu talking about budgets and planning. But you got to be thinking about it. You just have to, and you have yeah. to think about it every year. So, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversations going forward. Yeah, no, so am I, so am I. And I, and, and I, and I agree. We do talk a fair amount about those areas because they're, so, they're so critical in really taking care of an asset, you know, and, and people, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Your team, my team, we all, I mean, work hard to make sure that we have the budgets in place, work hard to make sure that we're trying to adhere to that budget, get the best pricing on things. And so those of you who are out there that either you work with property owners or you are a property owner um, and maybe in the landlord situation, you know, make sure you're getting what you deserve from whoever's working with you. And again, this isn't a pitch to come work with us. We just want to make sure you're getting taken care of. So ask the questions to make sure you're getting the right work done on your asset and that you're getting the service you deserve because you work way too hard to get an asset. And I hate to see you get talked out of just selling it just because, um, yeah. because you feel like it's a pain. You know, selling's not always the right answer. Selling's the last resort. We we try to talk you out of selling. Yeah. We try to talk you into how to maximize it and take care of the family and build the legacy because we both have clients that have had family assets for decades, and yeah. they take care of the generations to come. So um, if you have the right plan in place, you can get out of that day-to-day, -day, quit being a landlord, become a property owner, and then steward those assets for the family for generations to come. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to 2024 and talking more about that. I got one last set of parting things based on that, which is I think you and I share a passion for demystifying the commercial real estate best practices. Uh, I, I actually I had someone, I can't remember if I was interviewing them or, or what it was, but somebody made the comment, which I think is right on, that there's almost no education or information about commercial real estate out there. And I think part of what you and I are doing is trying to say, these are the things you should be thinking about as a commercial real estate owner, whether it's here in our podcast, 
shameless plug for our newsletter that we put out every month, which in, in October last year was talking about capital planning from a budget perspective. Like we wanna share this information. And to your point, we have these services, but I'd rather you find them somewhere else, like find help and, and get these things yeah. going. If we're the right fit, fantastic. If you guys up there in Seattle are the right fit, fantastic. If it's someone else, fine. There's lots of lots of ways that it can be done, but we share this passion, I think, yeah. of sharing with, with others out there in the community, the way that they can really maximize their assets. So that's, that's my 2024, and I'm fired up for that. Keep that going. Absolutely. I, I look forward to our next podcast. And then uh, everybody out there, if you have any questions, you can always, uh, you know, send us a note and uh, the contact information is there uh, inside the uh, the podcast. But uh, look forward to helping any way we can. And we love to talk real estate uh, any time of the day. So uh, have a great day. Uh, everybody take care. And uh, we look forward to hearing everybody's comments. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you should have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at DokeMail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.